ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have Stefano Emilio coming back on the show tonight, and uh, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode because this is part two of demystifying Freemasonry, and uh, he did a pretty fucking good job, you know. Um, I still haven't met him in person. We're very local, uh, but hopefully we get to do that soon. Um, he has some CDs from his band that he wants to give me and all that shit, so... Yeah, and also I want to give a um, shout-out to uh, Brad Mesmo or... Yeah, Brad Mesmo on Instagram, but also his moniker for his music is called The Final Phone Booth, and I'm going to plug all that shit in the show notes. And this is what you're listening to right now while I, while I speak. He wrote me an intro and an outro, and... I'm super happy, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, we go a little bit deeper in this episode, me, Stefano, and I, and I, I really hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, yeah, let me know what you think, and sit back, smoke a doob, drink a beer, do what you gotta do, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Red Pill Cartel. This is the second part of Demystifying Freemasonry with uh, my very special guest, Stefano. And how you doing, Stefano? How's life treating you? Life is interesting. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Fantastic. I mean, the show's picking up a little bit of steam now, and... Uh, I'm just happy to be doing what I'm doing on the side and uh, hopefully it gets bigger and uh, reach more ears and uh, yeah, man, fuck. It's great. I love it. If you build it, they will come, right? Exactly. That That's my motto. And now's the time to build. I think now is the time to build and a uh, special shout out right off the bat to, uh, Mr. Brad Galka for Brad. Uh, the new intro and the outro. Uh, I love it. It's very They Live and Terminator-esque. <laughs> or Twin Peaks, as you said. I just, like. I feel, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, it's what I, I felt it. I just had this, this, I heard it when you sent it to me and I was just like, oh, wow. I'm like, I can, I just, I, I felt, I felt the presence of Bob, you know, and it just, right? it was interesting. Should we yeah. start speaking like, oh, is he about you? Oh, he's speaking backwards. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in the Black Lodge. Right. What a topic. The White Lodge and the Black Lodge. Yeah, dude. Man. The good uh, side, the bad side, the darkness and the light. Right. So you are one of my uh, top listened to episodes. So let's make it another one, shall we? I think we should. Okay. So I have this uh big question for you because I think we were talking about this a little bit, uh, but you wanted to kind of um, look at all the conspiracies about Freemasonry or the Freemasons and um, kind of, you know, demystify it and try to like show who, who is the good guy and who's the bad guy, you know, like what's, what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whether it's good guy or bad guy or just, have uh, a better understanding of the circumstance and the context, right? Right, and there's a lot of uh, negative context towards the Freemasons. 
Well, there mostly is, right? That's that tends to be the the more pervasive uh, perspective, especially in the truth movement, the truther movement, conspiracy culture. And as I've mentioned before, a lot of that really seems to be a um, a perpetuation of of these old um, these old propaganda you know, anti-Masonic propaganda coming from the Vatican, these old ideas that, uh, I don't want to say old ideas, but these, these, these ideas that um, were used through Leo Taxel, the whole Leo Taxel scenario, if I'm sure you're familiar with that, right? I'm so not he, actually. Okay, so <laughs> um, Leo Taxel um, was a... Uh, I believe he was French, and uh, that's not his real name, but that's what the name that he wrote his exposés under. Okay. Um, uh, his real name... Probably is... doesn't matter at the time. Marie-Joseph Gabriel Antoine Jogan Paget. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, one of those names, okay? So, yeah, let's um, just go Leo Taxil. Leo Taxil. <laughs> Leo Taxil. Um, so... You know, he writes, like, he supposedly joins Freemasonry in France, which, like Italy, is a very particular, peculiar place to to get involved in Freemasonry, especially um, in the, you know, like, a hundred years ago, um, just because of, of the climate of, like, there it was, like, a, so many different offshoots of, of Masonry, and that's where a lot of uh, confusion happens too within conspiracy culture and, and, and conflating of, you know, what one group does under the banner of Freemasonry with what another group does, right? That's under the yeah, banner of Freemasonry, right? Yeah, so it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of, sorry, it's like, it's kind of like no. the, uh, all of the, uh, uh, all the different kinds of uh, Christ, uh, different types of Christianity, right? Yep, absolutely. The, and, uh, you know, What's that word again? Where where there's like a bunch of different kinds. Sects, a word like for... different a sect or Sects. like a different. Sects. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So he, you know, basically, um, he releases uh, a a series of exposés, and like a lot of disinformation, uh, disinformation is generally you give you know, a bit of truth with the lie, right? You need to sprinkle in the truth to kind of gain a sense of credibility and, 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 and whatever. And that's what, you know, you, you then lace in your, your, your lie or, or what it is you're trying to, to, to push out there with, with that truth. And um, this included the, you know, a bunch of ritual stuff, um, which was true. And then he went into Kind of like the um, the idea of of the Luciferian satanic side, um, and and you know lacing in um, Baphomet with with how Freemasonry connects to the Templars, and and you know part of this is true. Like there is a lineage within continental European Freemasonry where they do hold a lot of weight with um, with the the idea of of the templars connection to freemasonry and whereas the english uh side of freemasonry uh doesn't um and and you know likes to really avoid that but anyway so with this also comes the um the talk about albert pike you know stating that albert pike made 
um, a, a speech in France, in Paris, in 1889, where he basically um, goes on about the, um, um, the higher degrees once you've reached the becoming a high-ranking Mason within the Scottish Rite, that you know you you are basically given the uh, the true secret that that the the true God of Freemasonry is actually Lucifer and the Lucifer, Luciferian doctrine is exposed and blah 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 blah. Um, and then you add to that those three letters between supposedly the or, or like the letters that Pike wrote with Giuseppe Mazzini in regards to predicting you know the three wars and all that stuff. Now all this stuff ends up um, being um, I hate using the word debunked, but by Leo Taxel himself, he comes out and he, you know, he he basically admits that it was BS and that it was pretty much Vatican propaganda. Um, so it's one of those things too, where where it doesn't take much effort to to kind of um, look into these things, and you can take these things at face value, like like a lot of these articles um, do when when you see these things online and. Um, you have to like try to find the source material, right? I think we mentioned in in the last interview, um, in the last part, that uh, part of my awakening or part of my my need to find the truth was to go to source material. And I would try to do the same thing in this case. Like there are no, um, there's no records of Pike ever making this speech, and much like several other quotes that have been attributed to morals and dogma, and um, other things that Pike supposedly said, they're never, you're never given the source. It's always, you know, uh, a, a kind of like the, the old, the old CNN thing, you know, where they just have their, their uh, reputable source, but then they're never willing to give it. Right. right. Um, so it's, it's very similar to that. And, it's like and somebody find... saying, Oh, I have it from a good <clears throat> source, that blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you'll notice too, more often than not, it's word for word, uh, word for word, um, copy and pasting of the same stories told the same way. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? And and they'll even um, so the one major quote. I wish I could find it here. Um, I think it's this one here. Hold on. So I think the quote is that which we must say to a crowd is we worship a God, but it is the God that one adores without superstition to you, sovereign grand inspectors general, which is the 33rd degrees. Uh, we say this, that you may repeat it to the brethren of the 32nd, 31st and 30 to 30th degrees. The Masonic religion should be by all of us initiates of the high degrees maintained in the purity of the Luciferian doctrine. So it goes on and on and on this long quote. And it gives you like uh, a source of instructions to the uh, instructions to the 23 Supreme Councils of the World, July 14th, 1889, recorded by A.C. de la Rive in Le Femme et l'Enfant dans la Franc-Maçonnerie Universelle on page 588. Now try to find that document. Right. Right? Like try to find this document. Because it doesn't exist. You know, like, and that's what that's the that's that's the hard part. It's it's there's often these these, you know, like 
interesting things that are said. And, you know, this is all stuff that I looked into like 20 years ago, right? Even before I became a Mason. And I was just looking at the pike and it's just like, but where are these documents? And then it, there'll be a reference within a reference. So sometimes you'll see something like, um, um, you know, they'll, they'll give you uh, the reference of, of another author, right? And then they'll try to, but they won't tell you where that author you know, actually got their source from, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, they there's kind of like, Oh, well, this person you wrote in this book and it's like, but yes, they wrote in this book that this person said something, but it's still hearsay. Right. <laughs> in a sense. Sure. Yeah. It's like broken yeah. telephone shit. Right. Right. Now I'm saying all this with the knowledge and in, in the time that I put into reading a lot <laughs> of Albert Pike's stuff, right? A lot of his works published by the Supreme council. I've been to Washington, DC, I've seen some of the manuscripts and original writings and stuff. Like I, I, I've read a lot of Albert Pike. I know how he writes. There's a certain vernacular that when you look into certain things that are attributed to him, just do not, do not fit his style of writing. Um, you know, and, and if you do read Albert Pike, like I really, really, really highly recommend anybody who, you know, wants to legitimize their beliefs or, 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 their research to go to the source material and try reading morals and dogma. Just try, try reading some of his poetry even because he's actually has the, he was a, a poet as well. Instead and, of just um, looking at the, all the negative, negative uh, conspiracy theories surrounding. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because, because they don't actually connect. Like there's all these major, major holes um, that it allows, you know, for this, this, um, the scapegoating, I guess, um, or, or, or this maligning with, and, and they do the same thing to Crowley, right? That's another major, uh, now Crowley, I don't want to necessarily go too, too hearted, but we could, but um, just because, I mean, although he was a Freemason, like loosely, he, you know, um, it's still questionable. Some people do question his, his, you know, was the Masonic lineage, his Masonic lineage regular or whatever. But that's not necessarily what he's known for, right? It's another person that is kind of given the satanic moniker because of a few things that he's written, you know, like uh, it, it, they'll take something and because someone even mentions the word Lucifer, oh, automatically, that must be like, that must mean something, you know? It's like, read the quote, read the line. Um, so not to get off track, but how did the whole Luciferian doctrine come about and like who started that shit? Well, in terms of its connections with Freemasonry. Yes. I mean, I think some people even take it back to, um, did it, was it, was it, um, conceived before Freemasonry? Oof. So <laughs> the, no, it's yeah, kind of, um, the Luciferian doctrine in and of itself is also something that most people don't understand. And, you know, the idea Lucifer can be taken as a separate character, you know, uh, than Satan. Like, let's not forget that the word Satan is not really mentioned in the Bible. Like it's, it's not really like, like in the old Testament, uh, I mean, the, like, it, I can't even remember how many times it's actually mentioned. It, it's Revelation, possibly, I'm trying to think. 
Um, but for I the think, most part, I think it's also when uh, uh, the Savior uh, Yeshua is talking to it in the desert. The, the desert, said, the forty God, days. Yeah, well, get ba- get behind the Satan or whatever. Get the yeah. House. I have to look that up. We have to look that up, right? Because there's a lot of biblical stories that are retold yeah, orally yeah, like this, the, and they're wrong. The desert. Yeah. So, yeah. but the word Satan, right? It it, it in, just means the, the opposer. The opposer or the adversary, right? Adversary, yeah. Exactly, Hashatan, right? So, it can be anybody or anything, really. And it, but we've, you know, we've aligned it with this this character, this Lucifer character, Mercury, yeah, I, this 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 I, messenger, this this Prometheus, stealing fire from the gods to give to man, right? right. The snake, the Nakash, right? Nakash, I believe in in Hebrew, in um, with the uh, how because the snake is never ever in Genesis, the snake is never m- mentioned um, as being the devil. Right, that's the thing. It's the snake. It's the nakash. It tempts Eve. Now we we have attributed this through through mythology, through um, how certain how the Bible was taught and 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 how mythology was spread by various you know Christian sects by the the Vatican itself, and and these ideas spread. Like, it, what is Lucifer? Lucifer, um, as a symbol is generally looked on as, as a form of light, of knowledge, information, to, to, as a bearer of light, as a vehicle, as, as a tool, right, of, of information that doesn't really have a negative or positive side, right? We've kind of automatically, I mean, Lucifer is, um, I don't know if you remember, uh, not too long ago, there was this, this video that was circulating, and it was a video of... Um, I don't remember if it was Pope Francis or, or Benedict, but anyway, um, giving a bit of a sermon and mentioning Lucifer. Right. And, and, and when, and people were like, Oh, look, it's proof that it's, you know, like this is uh, that the, the Vatican is, is, is admitting that they worship Lucifer. Right. But if you actually, I can't remember <laughs> if it was in Italian or if it was in Latin, I'm pretty sure it was, it was in, I think it was in Italian. I can't remember now. But anyway, in the end, I remember that it was it was basically they were talking about Jesus and calling Jesus a light bearer, but using the Latin Lucifero or, or, or whatever, right? As 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 a, then it must have been Latin as you know as a, a direct, actual, literal translation of the light bearer, right? Just like Jesus could have been considered as also the morning star, right? But that's what we call Lucifer as well. Lucifer, right. Yeah, so. Satan is, I, I've always looked at it, and I think a lot of people look at it as always the, the negative side of, of this Lucifer character, of this possible opposer or whatever. But even through all that, bringing it back to Pike, bringing it back to source material, if you read Pike, you get past the first three chapters of Morals and Dogma. If you can get past the first three chapters, um, already you're like so... Um, inundated with so much pro-religion knowledge. knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the guy was one of the first people who could translate uh, Greek, Latin, Hebrew. Like, this guy was a Renaissance man. And that's the... 
But hey, that doesn't necessarily mean he wasn't evil. I guess, right? That's not necessarily a de- uh, you know a good way to defend him. But if you read him, you can really, you really, really get it. Like read Morals and Dogma, thirty-two chapters. There's no thirty-third chapter in Morals and Dogma in terms of the degrees, because what it does is it takes the first degree to the thirty-third degree. I'm oh, sorry, to the thirty-second degree, being the the degrees of the Scottish Rite, because the Scottish Rite does have its own um, first, second, and third degree. Um, although it's not generally practiced uh, or confirmed in North America, and they normally have deals with the Grand Lodges, um, the local Grand Lodges, to only start conferring from the fourth degree up. But if you read it, man, it's like you, you really do get a sense of like this guy is, you know, extremely knowledgeable and he's extremely Christian, right? Although he knows and, and is giving you all these um, allusions to concepts from Egypt, you know, it, and at no point does he ever really kind of, um, and not even in the 32nd, the 31st, the 30th degree, as this quote, you know, likes to, that I just read earlier, you know, goes into, like at no point does he ever bring up anything that would lead anyone to believe that you know, Freemasonry or, or his own personal belief is, is that the, 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 you know, the creator God is the benevolent God is the only God. Like there's nothing that would, that would stray you away from that. Even when he does mention Lucifer two or three times in, in the book, it's, it's always in the context of either making fun of Lucifer or just being confused as to why anyone would, would put so much weight into the idea of, of, of trusting a mischievous character like Lucifer. Sure. Uh, to me, it seems like well, like where you're going, it, see, it just seems to me that Freemasonry itself is like, uh, like a more open-minded version of Christianity. Well, it can be anything. Because um, if, you take, if you take Christianity as like yeah. very dogmatic, you can yes. use I'm a horrible person and I've been there. Yeah. I was there and I dug myself out of it. I I was just like, you know what? I'm not a very good person right now. And I had to get out of it. Um, But uh, like that was a brief period in my life, but still I I realized that if my mind isn't open to like a lot of shit, then I can't be as good of a person as I, I should be. You know what I mean? Like, I, I took I took Christianity as like the absolute truth, and then once you do, I think once you take something as an absolute truth, you're fucked because you start fucking judging other people that don't believe the, how you believe, you know? Yep. And that's Completely. that's not right, dude. That's totally not right. Like I, I was getting, of- I was getting Sorry. very judgmental, and I lost some friends for for a brief period, and then they came back after I realized what I was doing. Right. And then, uh, but yeah, I just, I just think that uh, if you look at something wholeheartedly as the absolute truth, especially when it's written in a fucking book, then you're lost. That's how I see things. Yeah. Uh, We should always be open-minded and also be open-minded to the idea that what is being presented to us has different layers of meaning and those layers of meaning could just be more metaphorical. And also in and of itself, the idea of not taking everything at face value 
um, is a is a lesson in and of itself. If you put something together that kind of trains you to kind of see through it. Like I've always thought that um, if I ever like I, at one point I wanted to be a teacher, but I knew you know really fast that if I was to become a teacher, um, I would I would not last very long in the school system. Because <laughs> I would, I would try, you know, because because you're not going to think, gonna, yeah, you're not going to be pushing a narrative, right? So no, no, my <laughs> my thing would would be to like, you know, it would kind of be like, okay, like you know, if I'm teaching history, let's just say, well, I'd kind of instruct the class, all right, class, let's pull out our textbooks, let's turn to page twenty five, and now I want you to pull out your tablets, your cell phones, your laptops, and let's go through this history book and try to find the bullshit, right? Let's, let's, let's cross reference with other things. Like let's teach people how to go to, you know, how to research, how to look into things and how to critically think. And, and as much as I'm saying all these things from the perspective I have of being a Freemason of studying Pike well before I became a Freemason when I was against it, mind you. Right. Remember I had to read these things and I read this book twice, I think, even three times possibly before I ever joined Freemasonry. So it's one of those things where, where for it to have been one of the factors that turned me in around and, and kind of gave me those, that it was like a major aha moment where it's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff here that just does not fit with the narrative that I'm seeing that is anti-Masonic. But that's not to throw the baby out in the bathwater with the bathwater either. Because, you know, unlike other Masons that are unwilling to, to, to look beyond those layers, um, there's always a potential for, for, for something else being, you know, being, there's more than meets the eye. There's always the potential for um, there being a secret to something or, or another layer of meaning to something. And that's when it really does help to, to, look at the source material and then perhaps even the whatever history there is on, on the person who wrote it themselves, you know, like with Pike in particular, you know, a lot of, not even just Pike, but like everything in, 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 in uh, the uh, indoctrinating uh, uh, public school system or Catholic school system, it's all what they want you to know. And it's all connected to the Rothschilds, yes. right? It's like, it's, they invented this indoctrinated indoctrination system and everything well, that we can even the, take it back to Aristotle. If you really want to tap on Raza right in the school of thought where, you know, it doesn't matter why you're learning this. You just have to learn it. Right. It's like, when I Scholasticism. Was in high school, I think that's yeah, what it was called. Yeah, when I was in school, man, I was just like, can I just learn shit that I want to learn about? Because I don't want to learn about this shit. It's boring to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's how I always felt in school. That's what the main thing I hated about school was I don't really want to... I want to learn more about stuff that I want to learn about. So it doesn't really give you a chance to, like, break free from... Um, from the structure. Yeah, from the structure. The cookie cutter, the cookie cutter structure. Yeah, I think a lot of people know that deep down, but they just don't realize it. You know what I mean? Because they're so fully indoctrinated by the system. Like, if it's not in this textbook, then it's not true. You know? 
or what's going on now if it's not if it's not on the TV. If CP twenty four here and you know the GTA isn't isn't you know isn't telling me this, well then it's not real. It's Even not though real. I, I'm hearing this doctor and I'm hearing this person telling me the story of what happened to them, their loved one or them, uh, it doesn't matter until the TV tells me I can't believe it or I can't look into it or I can't I have to dismiss it. Yeah, dude. And I see it so much on a daily basis where it's like, even my dad, dude, it's like, I love my dad to death. But like, every time I tell him some like shit that's going on, he's like, well, I didn't see it on the news. It's like, they're not going to fucking put that in the news, dude. You know? And it's hard for people to even to fathom the idea that like, you know, there's what, six corporations that control most of the news all over the world, like most of the networks. Yeah, it's um, very hard for them there's a monopolization of the media. Right. And, yeah. So you're telling me if if you got six CEOs or the people who are you know really in charge of those six corporations probably boils down to like maybe three people or two people, uh, ultimately or or a group that represents those you know like uh, they have complete control. Like people think that. You know, we have journalism these days. We really don't, at least not on, on mainstream networks, right? You're finding the, the citizen journalists that are the ones that are really taking the forefront to to getting that information out. Right, right. And then you got people like at the higher side of like on CNN, like Anderson, Man- I like to call him Manderson. CIA Cooper. <laughs> Manderson Cooper. That's what I like to call him. Yeah, Manderson Cooper. <laughs> pooper because <laughs> he's gay too right <laughs> yes yeah yeah so yeah uh no offense to any gay guys or gay people but i'm just saying um uh and his mom was a witch i feel right? bad for the guy yeah i feel oh, terrible for him so... can you imagine what he and his brother went through his brother died right seriously can you imagine what uh, the vanderbilt uh I don't know, man. Yeah, very, very strange mother with a strange taste in art, very Podesta-style weirdness. Um, and those paintings of the children and the one that kind of resembles Anderson Cooper with the white gray hair or whatever in the pool that happens to look like the Vanderbilt pool right? without water in it. Kind of bizarre. Kind of bizarre. So, but uh, we've definitely strayed straight <laughs> off topic like crazy <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Oh man, I'm bad. I'm. No, it's okay. Tangents, you know, I can't help it. That's fine, man. (laughs) That's where it goes. Uh, Wherever you may be, let the wind blow free. You know, that's my grandfather already said. Always said. Nice. Um, That's 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 what it came to uh, flatulence, actually. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, I want to ask you this one and on another tangent. Um, Sure. What can you tell the audience about, uh, you know, kind of defragging their hard drive, which is our minds, about uh, thinking so negatively about Freemasonry? Like, listen, it's an easy, um, it's really easy to do because of the idea that there's an idea of secrecy behind it. Because um, there is, uh, there has always been this this lore of secrecy, this kind of um mystery this exclusivity to membership right so what people don't know or understand or they're they're gonna let their imagination go 
And there's always that saying, well, you know, goodness is done in the light, right? And there's a lot of truth to that, of course, but there have been a lot of great things that have been planned under the cover of darkness, revolutions that have actually, you know, like the American Revolution, or there, there have been so many times where, where unfortunately, um, secrecy um, was a test of fidelity, right? Secrecy was a test of, of, of trust. And sure. if you can't trust certain people with, with certain meaningless secrets, how can you trust them with important things? Right. So secrecy has a place. It's always had a place. It has a place. It's a virtue if you know how to keep your mouth shut <laughs> and know even, when even, to open, when to talk, when not to talk. Right. Yeah. Even amongst friends, like like absolutely would come up to me and say, dude, I got to tell you something, but you can't fucking tell anybody else. Right. Like I get that all the time. Yep. And I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. I'm not going to fucking say shit. You trust me, you know. And then you accidentally say something in another after a couple beers or whatever. Hey man, you remember that right. time that you told me? Oh shit, sorry. Yeah, but sorry. For the, for the most for the most part, me being yeah. who I am, I won't say shit if somebody entrusts me with their secret, right? If they yes. really need to get something off their shoulders, I'm here, you know. Correct. Yep. And I won't say shit to anybody. Absolutely. Like there are no real secrets in Freemasonry. Not not in terms of of the real important stuff and that's the hardest thing to kind of to get across it's like no one becomes a mason and and you and and then you know ascends to some kind of level like that's um something that you can do on your own without any type of other connection or it's just it, it's not really freemasonry that's the thing right um there's no uh, the real real freemasonry is kind of like within yourself within your own interpretation of what you're experiencing and what you're going through or, or, or practicing with the ritual. And there's a lot of explanations. There's a lot of layers of, of really interesting stuff laid into there that gets into the, you know, quantum physics gets into the, the um, string theory. And there's all these interesting illusions, all these different um, ideas of and levels of spirituality. But it, once again, like if you have the mind for that, you'll get into those. Not everyone does, right? A lot of people right. look at things in a very superficial, surface level level um, perspective, and to that, you know, that alone, Freemasonry offers a very basic uh, sense of of virtue and morality um, woven into these these kind of biblical stories, um, and and um, experienced uh, and and portrayed and performed in these rituals that yeah have an allusion to to violence right there are aspects to it but like any great action movie you know um sometimes violence uh ev evokes certain emotions and ideas and maybe it's not the violent act itself but but kind of a representation of uh, or uh, a symbolic aspect of of something else like you know um not sure how much you know about what the the underlying story um that surrounds the masonic rituals but at least with the first three degrees it's it's all about king solomon's temple and the fact that you've got um three you know major people involved in the building of king solomon's temple being king solomon of course then you've got king hiram of tyre and then you've got hiram of biff who was the uh the architect right um and 
the idea of the penal clauses, you know, the blood oaths, uh, that stuff kind of, it, it all surrounds the, the, um, what happens, uh, to the ritual of Biff. Yeah. Cause I mean, ritualistic, ritualistic yeah. <laughs> aspects of Freemasonry. That's right. So the story, you know, the story is Hiram Abiff is um, basically he's cornered three different times um, after his uh, regular uh, daily prayers at noon um, in the temple and uh, by some uh, fellow craft or other, other, you know, operative stonemasons that were helping to, to build the temple. They wanted to extort the, the secrets of the master mason of, you know, which like the master's word or the, that knowledge that is something that you have to kind of obtain through your own hard work and perseverance and doing the work, you know, doing the hard work that gets you that knowledge. And they tried to kind of get it prematurely and three times he was attacked and the third time he gets killed. Right. Um, but each time he basically is, is, you know, threatened, um, with his life and uh, to give up the secrets of a master mason and three times he says no I can't I made a promise that you know I can't give up this information and that's kind of where it kind of boils down to in our, our, our penal clauses or the, our penal signs which are the gestures the hand signs we do which allude to the traditional penalties um, that relate to how um, these three uh, we call them the three ruffians, um, you know, how they basically met their, uh, their timely deaths after they were caught, right? After, because at some point King Solomon finds out that Hanumabif has been killed or is missing, and then he sends out a search party, and then eventually um, these guys are caught, and then they, they lament and they admit to it, and then they're put to death, right? And each of them is put to death in a certain manner. But how they're put to death in and of itself has its own symbolic um, illusion, right? And, and it relates to the alchemical process. It relates to um, even the, the, the platonic perspective of, of the idea of, I think I mentioned, of, of I die daily, of, of killing the ego. And, you, you know, like there's sure, all these yeah. l- layers to like, you know, like the whole cutting your head off or whatever or slicing your throat or, or you know... Uh, disemboweling you or being cut in half or whatever you know the, the penal clause is is, is the, the is physically representing it has a um you know a a a layer of 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 meaning to it that relates to something else that it's supposed to be figuratively representing something else um it's kind of like um how what how uh christianity says you gotta die yourself mm. must die right that's right absolutely yeah. be dead to yourself so that you can be more in service to others yes and that's actually a big part of freemasonry too is the idea of service one thing you people have to understand when you explain these things and there are a lot of times people because they'll they'll, they'll have family members that were masons and they knew these people to be good people right so um Ultimately, you'll find that they're like, okay, you yeah, know, I get it. I know, like, you know, you have to be a high-ranking mason, or, or, okay, well, you know, you're not at that level then, and most people are not at that level where where this stuff is revealed, and and I have to tell them, okay, listen, that could be the case. Like, 
there could be, and there probably is, like there was at the time of the Bavarian Illuminati to some degree, where there's been an infiltration of uh, or other groups that are formed within Freemason or within you know certain groups that are formed of Masons recruiting through Masonry for their own other group or inner order that isn't Masonic. It's not true to anything Masonic, but it operates you know, under the guise or, 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 or within a framework of, of a series of Masonic lodges or one particular lodge. Um, those other guys that aren't a part of that, which make up 99.9%, right, of, of, our, of Masons are, are guys that have a completely different experience. And if their intention is to interpret and live their, their, their life or and and their um and their um their time within the lodge and to experience it in a Christian way in a, in the lodge of predominantly Christians or more as in a lodge that's predominantly Jews in a Jewish way or likewise like in a lodge full of mostly Muslims like they're going to experience it in under that context whether or not someone else has formed some sort of secret cabal that worships Lucifer, it doesn't mean that these other guys are secretly unbeknownst to them serving Lucifer because they're not because their intention isn't there. And if your intention isn't there, I'm sorry, but it doesn't happen. It doesn't work that way. Right. Look, look at the, even the foundation of magic or of the secret or of, 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 manifest destiny everything is yeah, about your intention about your intention exactly that's right so oh yes but you know the, the the road to hell was paved with good intentions i'm like well good intentions and and making bad decisions is a whole different story right you can i have don't good like that i don't like that saying neither do i i actually i really don't like it i understand yeah, it but I, I, think, I don't like it i understand it as well but i do not like it because like that puts one in a, a very closed in mindset. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Oh, just because I have good intentions, but I don't believe a certain way. That means I'm going to hell. That's, that's fucking right. bullshit, dude. Yeah. And that's one that, thing too, that people have to understand. Um, that's, that's a form of control that that's a form of, of <coughs> wanting a monopoly on your salvation. And guess what? Freemasonry does not offer salvation. Freemasonry does not tell you, you have to believe this or you're not going to heaven or you're not going to gain this. or you're not going to gain that. You know, there's no, oddly enough when, in, when Pike, you know, Pike's morals and dogma, um, the, it's almost interesting to me. I almost find the idea of there being, you know, dogma and Freemasonry as kind of being an oxymoron in a sense, or, or, or it's ironic. Cause I mean, there, there, there really is no religious dogma in Freemasonry. You know, there's, there's certain principles, there's ideas, there's protocols in the administrative aspects, but in terms of the belief system in and of itself, there's no, dogmatic practices or ideas that have to be followed through in order to, to gain salvation or, or go exactly. to hell. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. Do you think, do you think that the concept of hell, where do you think that came from? Do you think it's biblical or do you think it's systematic? The concept of hell. 
Yeah, like, do you think that, like, do you think hell, like, being threatened with eternal hellfire is biblical, or do you think it's, like, a a religious thing? Like, do you think it was created by a religion? Well, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? Um, Probably too much of a deep question. Well, I mean, it's not just not, it's not so much a deep question, it's a problem with, of trying to narrow down on what point um, like Did at what point from? it Christ exactly at what point pre Council of Nicaea before the Bible was canonized, you know, like uh, it, it's really hard to kind of like to gauge when that idea. I, I still think that that Earth is hell, um, and I'm okay. pretty yeah. sh- other than a, in a symbolic state of it of Earth kind of being almost a limbo. Um, I've personally have always kind of believed that this physical incarnation is is the obstacle is kind of the idea of hell um do you do you think that when we pass on from this realm uh like in this uh meat bag so to speak yeah that we gain our perfect spiritual bodies where we where we are supposed to be i have no clue (laughs) <laughs> I I, uh, I do subscribe to the idea of reincarnation um, that there's some sort of cycle perhaps that we go through with, with life and death and being born again to continue on a, some sort of path for, for uh, knowledge and experience. Okay. Um, I, um, I do definitely believe that there's some kind of um, extra conscious like experience. Um, I don't believe that consciousness like, exists in the brain. Um, yeah, I, I believe consciousness is separate. I, I believe yeah. that uh, it's tied, it's tethered to the soul. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And our soul is what um, all the memories remain in the soul, but also. Um, you know, when we die, I, th- I believe that we go to, we go back to the source and then we, yeah, we go, whether, we choose, yeah, we choose whether or not to reincarnate and, uh, maybe our lives that we're living in the present, um, the lives, the life that we're living in the present is, is, has already been chosen before we incarnated. That's an interesting thing. Uh, yeah. I've 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 heard that I've heard people who have had uh, near death experiences explain it that way. Yeah, I mean, like I, I I've I've heard stories about like <clears throat> there's a video I saw recently where uh, a mother was uh, she had a conversation with her young daughter. She's probably like eight years old or something like that. No, I think it was she was three years old. That's what it was. She was three years old. Wow. And there was a globe. They had a globe and they spun it around. She spun it around. She stopped it. And she pointed her finger at this island just off the coast of uh, eastern Russia. I don't know what it was, but she's like, oh, mommy, that's where I'm from. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, she's like, yeah, th- there's a village there. That That's where I'm from. And she's like, no, you're not. You're from here. She's like, no, 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 mom. That, that's where I was from before I met you. And she was describing the village there and all the people that were there and everything. And it was just like, holy shit, you know? 
it's wild, dude. There's so many people out wild. there have so many great stories, and that's that's just why I love doing this show so much because like I just love meeting people such as yourself, and like everybody has a story, and I want to hear them all. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this this life is in this incarnation that we're in right now, it's too short, you know, oh, everything's going by so fast. And so I, I just decided to be like, you know what, I'm just going to do this show and I'm going to try to try to the best of my ability to get people on that are like interesting characters. And uh, yeah, man, like, whew, it's a wild trip, man. I love it. There's so much to take in. There's so much to know. There is. Um, I get. I get anxiety. And I don't, I don't shit. If I don't I'm shit. not learning something, or or if I'm not like, uh, you know, like I go through my day at work and and or even at home too. If I'm not listening to something, whether it's you know yeah. related to what's going on now, whether it's yeah. you know, some sort of natural health thing that's related to that, or or if it's like you know something Masonic related. Although a lot of the, the Masonic stuff, I really haven't been as deep in lately. Um, Part of it is my own internal protest of how Freemasonry is being run here in Ontario, but that's a whole <laughs> other conversation. Um, so, hey, I can be very critical. I can be critical of, of the people, of, you know, of the men who steward or attempt to steward this um, international, loosely connected organization. Um, you know, it's uh, it can only really be as good as those that are there in any given time to 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 experience it and to practice it, right? And unfortunately, you've, found, uh, you've also found that um, the lodges have, uh, or the the whole COVID thing infiltrated the lodges. Well, here in Ontario, um, we were Makes shut down. We were early. How Sorry? free thinking Masons are. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Um, it's been very disappointing. Um, yeah. Extremely disappointing. I left, so I'm, I, I was extremely active. Um, member of three craft lodge or blue lodges, as the Americans call it. Um, and uh, plus, I had Scottish Rite and uh, the York Rite stuff, which was my my uh, the Royal Arch. Um, degrees and that I was also attending a Royal Arch chapter um, and um, you know uh, unfortunately when things like this happen um, you can kind of I think we've all kind of discovered and figured out who our friends are or the people oh, that yeah. we thought were of a certain mentality or a certain level of awareness i don't want to say intelligence but a certain level of awareness um you you man covid really exposed a whole bunch a oh, whole bunch of people got, have been exposed definitely. and um there are guys that i you know thought considered myself pretty close to um in masonry and i see some of the things they post on facebook guys i'm sure they see what i post whenever i'm not in facebook jail yeah. Um, and, um, and I, you know, I, I have to stop and think it's like, really, really, it's like, you know, and it's, I, I it's left very one important. of my lodges. It's a very, because, thing. sorry, go on. It's very important. What I was just saying, it's a very unfortunate thing that people are like, uh, it's just like, 
there's people out there that think that this is it. Like COVID is just like a real like a, super dangerous yeah, like virus that we all have to like completely negate our own personal natural immunities and, and immune systems and think that, you know, our savior comes in a vial and a through right. needle. Yeah. Like it's, it's disgusting to me. Like, uh, I think I, I think I sent you that video about, um, uh, that veteran two-time veteran yep. a restaurant, like in a fucking gas station restaurant. And they're like, oh, we need to see your COVID fact passport. And it's like, uh, it's like, dude, I'm a two-time veteran. <clears throat> and you know, you're you know, wearing like, a poppy. Uh, it's Remembrance Day, yeah. or they're in close, and That's you're denying thing. a veteran. They, the irony is lost on these people, dude. It's like, I, 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 I told people before Remembrance Day, like, if you're gonna wear a poppy, you better not be fucking vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> I listen, listen, no, no, no. I, I, in all fairness, in all fairness, listen, in all fairness, yeah, there are a lot of people that did make that decision. They went that way um, through coercion, through, you know, complete deceit, through fear, through, uh, you know, I wouldn't equate it so much to those that are vaccinated, but those that are vaccinated who um, are in line with the idea of segregating the non-vax from society. Those right. people should not be wearing poppies. Our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, should not be wearing a poppy. Oh, Those definitely. People who are, whose job it is to deny us entry or, or, or to be able to sit down and have a meal, um, you know, they should not be wearing a poppy. If they're going to straight face, tell us that, you know, we're not welcome because of some sort of arbitrary bullshit, you know, rule. That's exactly. not even a law. Right. Yeah. Because hey, uh, that we like our ancestors fought for our fucking freedom. Yeah. So, for everyone's freedom. Yeah. Especially for medical freedom. Exactly. Especially medical freedom. It's like, you know, cough, Nuremberg. Nuremberg. <laughs> Well, man, listen, I, I, I've, been, I've been saying this since this all started. I've been calling for a Nuremberg 2.0 Global Edition, right? That's what I'm so, hoping is going to kill off the elites. <laughs> yeah, well, no, let's be honest. The, the real big people were never going to get the satisfaction of, of them. I, I don't think so. I think we're going to get a little bit. I think we're going to get the Hillary Clintons of the world, possibly the Obamas and that type of level. I don't know how much of the real people behind the scenes we're going to, I don't know if we're going to be given that satisfaction. I think a lot of them are going to be given the out. Uh, maybe they retain their, bu their, their bullshit legacies, um, but they're just, you know, taken, taken out type thing. You know, um, I'm, Kind of like the George Herbert Walker Bush or the, you know, no name uh, McCain, um, no type McCain. scenario. Yeah, right. Where you, you know that. What do you think about uh, all? You know, like the whole Q thing again. We're gonna go back to Q. So the the whole thing about like the celebrities and the, the government uh, officials and shit being already either detained or killed off. Okay, do you think so it's true. No. Or 
detained. Yeah, so have they? Some of them been arrested. I believe some of them have been taken into custody. Uh, well, at some point, you know, sat down, conversations were had, interrogations, and they were probably really released, right, under different conditions. I, I, I don't think that the the military tribunals have all occurred it, it, there could be some that have started there could be some going on um i can't say there's not right just like i can't say that shape-shifting reptilians you know don't exist i just i i can't confirm <laughs> or deny anything really but, but i personally i'm open-minded 100 but i i personally don't think that we're seeing um that you know the real hillary was killed and do I believe that they use doubles and, in, 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 you know, uh, yeah. Um, you know, we've all seen the Hillary that's like a foot and a half shorter at many events, um, especially when there's a mask involved. Um, and the Biden you know, that looks like three different, uh, three different people. Yeah, yeah, or two maybe. It, it is weird, right? Um, one of them is, is, is Biden, I think. Um, people make a really big deal about certain things about how he looks, but you know, with all the surgery he's had over the years, if you really pay attention, um, you can still kind of put certain aspects of the original Biden together, even though he had the, you know, the facelift, the nose job, the, um, all that stuff. Um, but there's definitely more than one. So there's definitely someone else. Um, I'm pretty sure Trump made a few jokes about that. At some point, you know, where's Joe? Where's the real Joe or something like that? Um, Where is yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, I'm pretty sure there's been some occasions where the supposed fake Joe is, you know, met with some important, supposed important people or, or other politicians. And, you know, and there was that whole thing that happened with, with, with Boris Johnson, apparently. I don't know if that's true because... You know, we don't really hear him say that, you know, where he supposedly admitted to being an actor. Um, and oh, I, think, I, know, I didn't hear uh, that. Now. Yeah, yeah, but like, there's no actual audio of it. It's just kind of like them sitting there talking with masks before their like big TV moment. And, that's the uh, thing. I mean, like, like there's so many people, like, like there's close friends of mine that are truthers, and they believe yeah. like this whole thing is going to end soon. And, you know, like we're going to go into Nasara Jasara. I don't buy Nasara Nasara Jasara. No. Uh, Personally, I don't. Pipe dream? I don't. Uh, I think so. I think so. I I just don't even think it's necessary. I don't know. Mm. Um, I think there's other things that can be done um, that could be uh, effective. Um, it, but it does kind of that aspect of it does seem a little too much. Um, I think there's it's, certain some a lot of this stuff was perpetuated um, by certain characters, and they could be controlled opposition. For all we know, they could be just people that decided to run with something because and, and exploit it because they they were getting a lot of attention, like the Charlie Wards of the world, right? Um, right. I think that uh, another major thing too is if you know I remember um, when a lot of this Q stuff was was really spreading exponentially um, during the initial first lockdown or shutdown um, in March 2020 um, that 
a lot of people were running with certain concepts and ideas that were never really actually even mentioned in any of the Q drops up to that point or even after. There was like certain ideas that were kind of there and then people kind of extrapolated and came to their own conclusions and that was spread around in, in the communities um, as if it was something like <clears throat> JFK, for instance, right? Like the whole JFK is still alive or, yeah. or, or whatever or that he's going to like. So that was another big one. And a lot of he's, these – Trump's going to come back in 2024 and have uh, JFK Jr. as his VP. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm not even saying that JFK is – JFK Jr. is dead. I, I, I'm not saying he's alive either. I would love for him to be alive. I don't know. But I think a lot of people really fell for a lot of that stuff very easily. And they ran with it and spread it as if it was truth. And as if that, as if the Q drops confirmed these things. And then a lot of that got spread to normies and was, was used as ammo against us in a sense, right? Where well, you could take something very legitimate and legitimately analyze like the Q drops. And in my opinion, I believe the Q operation is 100% legit, positive uh, PSYOP, right? It is yeah. a, a way of bypassing the media. Um, it was a way to, to engage people and, and create uh, digital soldiers to, to kind of like have a sense of hope and, um, but also given the impetus and the inspiration to, to research properly. Um, and that's one thing that Q often said was, was to don't take anything I say literally. And also disinformation is key at times too, where there was a lot of, um, you know, things in those Q drops that were probably meant to push us in a certain way so that right. they, we could in turn actually assist um, as a counterintelligence operation in and of ourselves by if we all kind of start spreading and believing this one thing is going to happen, like, for instance, the military stepping in before the 20th or something happening on 1-6, um, you know, it was definitely a way to throw off the, the, the black hats in the deep state, in my opinion. Um, yeah. um, so there's, there's a yeah. lot of uh, push and pull between the light and the dark side right now. Always, but it's always been that way. It always has been. But way, now right? we're at a point, I think, where, where, where the light side, where the white hats actually have the upper hand and have enough support of the people. They've never had that before. The, you know, um, I, like I said, like I, I was, a, you know, 9-11 was my um, awakening point. And for the last 20 years, um, I've been dreaming of the good guys making a push, you know, like it's, I, I never thought it could happen, but I dreamt about it. And I'm, a lot of people have. Yeah. And that is our intention. Our intention is for the good guys to win. And that's what's very important right now. The intention of every human being on this planet, you know, to, to make sure that, the uh the the good guys win you know because that's that's what we all want it's what everybody always wanted you know mass 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 consciousness does have yeah exactly you steer people's intention and you know what a lot of hopium could still (laughs) it still have a positive effect even if it's slightly skewed or or 
or people are, you know, are given a bit of, of, of false information or false hope, but just the idea of that positive attitude might change something in their lives that in the end, actually, you know, certain things do, do come to play. And I, I, I've always thought, you know, that, um, that there is definitely, they've done those mass consciousness experiments, right? So I really do believe that a lot of this stuff that who knows, maybe the Patriots don't have everything under control, but the fact that we, a lot of us believe they do. And the fact that we do maybe scares the shit out of the deep state. So now they're making, you know, bogus moves or, or they're doing something that's throwing them off as well. Like there's so many facets and levels to this that are so far beyond my comprehension of the tactics involved. Uh, you know, we can kind of skim the surface of it, but until the story is written, you know, until, you know, something major happens and then we get that book written by, well, here are the people that were actually Q and telling their story, you know, um, we'll never know. And even then we probably won't know the whole truth. Right. Yeah, dude. I I don't, I honestly personally don't think we're ever going to know the whole truth until we die and go to the other side. I agree with that. Yeah, like I had uh, my my buddy uh, New York Patriot on uh, a while back, like when I first started the show, and I asked him the the, the question, like, do you think there's absolute, tr- uh, do you think there's absolute freedom in this realm, or do you think we're, we're gonna experience absolute freedom uh, after we pass over into the spirit realm, right? And he was like, holy fuck, nobody ever asked me that before. And I'm like, interesting. Yeah, and and. and um, you know, I just don't think uh, absolute justice and freedom exists in this realm that we live in right now. We have to keep plotting along. We have to keep pushing and we have to uh, just do what we think is uh, right in the eyes of our creator. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's where free will and. Uh, truth and justice comes in is where we uh, are able to open our minds, expand our minds and get it out there and hopefully inspire other people to do the same thing. You know, that's, that's the main thing. And like, there's so many people out there right now who are starting podcasts such as myself. And um, we just have to, uh, you know, put the good work in. Right. I believe we're, you know, we're hitting a point of a revival of yeah, almost like a, another enlightenment era, you know, where instead of an enlightenment era in a sense of, although, you know, science could be part of it um, on the quantum aspects of it, I guess, in the quantum level, quantum stuff, um, more a revival of, of an appreciation for, for truth and and finding out you know who we are and and what we're willing to do to to make this a better place and it's not i think people are we're finally kind of getting to that level now where enough people are are being um awakened to to what's going on they're getting red pilled and through that they will kind of and through going through this ordeal um because we've had generations where you know not much has happened no big tests no great wars um not on you know on a massive world scale anyway 
but this is something that, you know, has touched pretty much everybody. And um, I think it's part of the experience. And I think this was a huge test. And it is. It is. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, it is. But at the same time, I think the elites are playing, playing it, you know, pretty smart. But I said to somebody else today, like, I think they, I think they chose a good time to drop this COVID bullshit on us uh, because they know that this generation is really fucking dumbed down, and they did a really good job of dumbing us down at this point in time. Right? Well, they've so been they're, doing it for so long. Oh yeah, but but this point in time, like if you listen to Toronto, Toronto slang, I often yeah. said people like the people who speak Toronto slang honestly sound like they failed kindergarten like 10 times over. You could probably say that for a lot of slang from a lot of cities. Yeah. It doesn't really matter where you're not speaking coherently to me right now. When you say men, them instead of men or like, yeah, like the plural of man is not man's. Yeah. It's man. (laughs) <laughs> like you're you sound like you failed kindergarten like three times like why are you speaking like that like because the it's the fucking bullshit herd mentality and it's it's yes, just it it's, you guys sound like you are you can't do anything you know so or they're unwilling to maybe you know pick up a book <laughs> read something in, in right English. Yeah, let's just follow. How many my of them and... just put that on? Like you, you know, like I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to. I don't really know a lot of people that speak that way. Um, uh, I do, <laughs> and I, I tell them straight out too. I'm like, dude, you sound like you failed kindergarten like three times, <laughs> and and I'm like, why would you want to buy a car and soup it up to where it sounds like a fucking jalopy? Where it's like pop 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 pop. <laughs> like, dude, like, come on, man. Like, nothing, nothing is worse than growing up in Woodbridge. Oh, with Woodbridge, Brampton, yeah, and and throwing those really ugly sounding uh, exhaust systems on the cars that it just made it sound like a cheap go kart. Because because all they all anybody wants is attention, and I understand yeah. that. But at the same time, it's like. Dude, it sounds like your car needs to get fixed. No, nah, bro, I just spent 10 G on the fucking DVD. You know, it's like, fuck. Dude, yeah. man. Well, now they have wanna... Instagram, right? So people now, instead of, you know, buying stuff or, or whatever, now they can go on Instagram and get their attention that way. They can become an influencer and, you know, women can go on there and, and, and get paid to, to take lewd pictures of themselves. And there's it's just, we've gone in such a crazy kind of extreme um not a very good direction no definitely not a good direction <laughs> but i think we're coming back i think there's yeah, a, I, there's, there's so. a re- I think we're old where there's going to be a revival of 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 an old school value system I like anything so. the the pendulum has swung and it has swung so far in the other direction and Maybe Crowley was right. Maybe he was the the father. He, maybe he did give birth to the new Aeon. Uh, but now that new Aeon got taken in such a far direction where it went from liberating people from, you know, the constraints and, 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 and uh, of, of certain dogmatic ideas and conventions and 
But now we've taken things on such an extreme level that we've destabilized ourselves and we want to find ourselves back into a, uh, a more uh, traditional perspective of family values. And it's kind of relates to the, that, that adage, Ordo Ab Keo. I don't know. You know, Order, like, which is the name of your album? Uh, uh, name of our album, and it's the motto of the 33rd of Supreme <laughs> Council, the Scottish Rite, for a reason, right? And that's another thing that gets so misinterpreted so often. People look at it as, look, it's as always as negative, kind of like you'll think, well, they're, they're, you know, look at their order lab chaos, order through chaos. It's like, yeah, but it's about the cycle. It's about the idea that, like, you've got these two extremes that are constantly at play. You've got these two dichotomies that are in this dance, right? Like, the, like, order, like the, order, the order of the phoenix. Yeah, you've got cycles where you, you've got a whole bunch of order, and then eventually people get tired of the order, so they break out into chaos because of order and this pressure, pressure, pressure. There's an explosion, and then people get tired of all the chaos, and now we got to bring order back, and there's just this endless loop and it's kind of like a thing. It's how things kind of, how things flow. Right. And it's about maybe finding even the balance between the two that what they conceptualize as the middle pillar. And um, from a Kabbalistic perspective or more of a um, hermetic, I guess, perspective um, of the middle pillar, which is kind of like that, what you symbolize as a Mason between the pillars of Boaz and Jakin. Ooh, you know, like we can. Right. right. <clears throat> it's funny evil, that you evil, say that. Evil. No, it's not evil. Yeah, it's funny that you say this because I had a, a couple guests on a while ago. It was two sisters, and we were talking about how, like, I, I, I poised the question to them, like, don't you think, like, the fact that, like, we have all these quote unquote evil people in in power, they they are put here for a purpose. They are put here for the purpose of us waking up to the fact that there is true evil in this world and we have to wake up and rise against. Like, they're here. We, we, we look at them like, oh, they're fucking scumbags, this and that. <clears throat> excuse me, they're pedophiles, this and that. But, <clears throat> excuse me, Dan. Um, they are here for a purpose. And that purpose is for us to grow further into the light. Yeah, maybe part of that purpose is even for them to to falter and to learn from their corruption too, right? Yeah, um, I mean, because I don't think we, a lot of these people started off as corrupt pedophiles. I mean, it's very rare that they were all, you know, they were either bred to be that way because of how they grew up in certain families and under certain things, like, um, or it was part of they were compromised in a moment of weakness and a manufactured moment of weakness. And now they're being controlled by that um, blackmailing, you know, system. Um, the hierarchy. Yeah. You know, there's so many facets and aspects, but I mean, I, I do agree 100% that um, this whole thing is, is part of the process of this great awakening. And funny enough, it's like, um, you know, I, I chose to kind of make that the focal point of one of the songs that we're, we're, we're recording right now. And, and um, I can't wait to send that to you, actually, when it's finished. It's getting there. It's almost done. I can't wait but, to hear it. Uh, yes. And, and in that song, I kind of play with the, um, the idea of, of Project Looking Glass. Um, and um, for those who, you know, haven't heard of that, I, I highly 
I, you know, very much suggest you you go out and, and try to learn as much of look about looking glass as possible. It's really, really interesting. Related to to the Stargate thing and 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 Operation or Project Sidekick and um also also um uh what do you call it? Um god damn I'm at a at a loss right now. Um uh not astral projection but what's the word when you oh, see things from afar yes 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 um the cia had their <laughs> their experiments on um oh my god you're right why can't i i, can't I know I... <laughs> oh my god uh remote viewing remote viewing remote viewing exactly yes. yeah yeah boom uh, yeah Oh, that's super interesting. Yes, it's all related. I think it's all related. It's all about tapping into something. And either you do it from your own physical ability or you need some reverse engineered technology um, to, to kind of do it, right? There's so many facets to this. Um, and then, like, I know I wanted to really um, add some, some Q stuff in there too, as well as, as, you know, certain phrases like nothing can stop what's coming um relates is part of that but i mean it, ultimately it's supposed to be kind of like an anthem um for what's going on and about waking up and waking up that part of us um that deep aspect of ourselves that 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 spark that's within us to kind of um realize what's going on and and to and to be part of the solution um in the context of the great awakening and, and everything else so he, um, he, he, here's a cool question I just came yeah, up with. Sure. Do you think that we are actually, uh, without the technology given to us uh, from the opposer, uh, a.k.a. Hachatan, a.k.a. Satan, yeah, yeah. do you think that we are actually, as human beings, superheroes, uh, but we've forgotten how to use, harness those powers? Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe uh, our I, true history was robbed from us, and and yeah. who and what we are was robbed from us. And um, I I do believe that we have a latent power that we have um, forgotten how to tap into, and that there are those of us that either through their hard work or a natural uh, I don't know reversion back to. Um, some ability um, are able to to experience these powers or, or, or control them or, or exert them in some way. Um, I 100% believe in remote viewing. Um, the CIA won't have put so much money into it if they didn't believe in it either. Um, you'll hear certain people poo-poo some of this stuff, but there's a reason, you know, like this, this stuff exists. And um, it does. There's a lot to this, just like there's a lot to to some of Tesla's interesting technology and how that relates to the whole time traveling Trump uh, <laughs> uh, conspiracy and, and I love that connect, shit. Oh, with John Trump and Tesla's technology, oh. yeah. Oh my God, man! Absolutely. There's just but, so much that's been hidden from us. Like it's unbelievable. Like I remember when I was a kid. Okay, and my mother, uh, she was managing an arcade in uh, in Brampton and Shoppers World, and 
I would go there all the time. And, but like, run, like she would used to, she, she used to get me to go to like a different store and give them like money or whatever that the, her store owed and all this shit. Like I'd be like a little delivery boy. Right. Yep. And running, I'd run through the mall and pretend that I was like the flash and keep in mind, I'm like seven <laughs> years old, right? And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like pretending I'm the Flash, right? But it's like I felt like I was, you know, and I was just like, oh. But like all that shit can get drowned out through day to day life, like where your imagination, it kills your creativity, yeah, yeah, your imagination, your creativity, everything gets stifled when you're in this system, and it's like, dude, we if if we could just like still if we could just unlock that and still believe that we are greater than what they tell us that is very important yeah meditation um people have seemingly been able to to travel with their minds in a sense or or or, or oh dude go yeah, so I, deep I, within themselves that they actually end up you know outside of themselves so to speak and connected with everything else um dude i i find uh several um that's i wouldn't say several but like three four uh astral projection uh experiences people most people would be would call them out-of-body experiences yeah but i Absolutely. yeah i, I definitely left my body uh three four times it's crazy it's like i know it happened because i could i could tell somebody all day what i experienced what i felt and mm. they can call me fucking crazy but i know what i felt you know i felt I've, my soul leave my body yeah. <laughs> and come back i've never experienced that um i've had some interesting lucid dreams that seemed like they, they could have been related, that it was, you know, a lot deeper than, than an average weird, you know, dream um, where I was totally aware and conscious of the fact that I was dreaming. And I used to be able to wake myself on command uh, when I was younger and I would dream, um, but never any actual out-of-body experiences. I, don't, um, I would love to experience something like that. To kind of reinforce uh, my spiritual beliefs. Yeah, see, um, that's the thing with me when I, it happened to me the first time when I was about thirteen, going on fourteen. Mm, I see. And that really uh, planted the seed for me uh, about my spiritual beliefs. Right. So, yeah, it's just it was wild, man. It happened to me, and it was like I tried telling my family what happened, <laughs> and they're like. Oh, you've been watching too many movies, right? Yeah, of course. It's like, and then it happened to me on a Christmas day, dude, uh, of like 93 or something like that. And I was trying to tell my family what happened and they were just like, they shunned me. And I just ended up sitting in a fuck on the couch all day while my family was at the kitchen table, the dining room table, just watching shitty movies and just feeling like a zombie because I didn't know what the fuck happened to me, you know? I knew. Fortunately, most people or most parents are not equipped <laughs> to right. handle their young kids saying something like that, or you know, it just it's not in their their reality, right? Nah, that, unless you grew up with certain type of hippies or people that were in the new age thing, and then you know that 
that whole conversation, that experience probably would have been way different for you under those circumstances. Oh, totally, totally. But I've had a friend that grew up with that type of life, and um, he actually is um, the first bass player of my band, and his father is an herbalist, and um, all of his siblings, because he's got like, I think, five or six siblings, you know, they were all very kind of encouraged to kind of explore all these different ideas and, and um, you know, uh, a complete different reality to how you and I were brought up, right? Right. I'm just thankful, like, for everything that happened to me. I mean, like, I wouldn't be sitting here having these conversations right now if it didn't happen to me, you know what I mean? So, no, of course. There's always anyway. Something. Yeah, dude. I'm going to ask you one last question because we're going to sure. wrap it up here. Cool. Um, what uh, What do you think is um, – do you think we're going to – we're headed for a, 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 a utopia or a dystopia? Um, or are we in a dystopia right you, now? Well, I think we're definitely in a dystopia right now. Um, we're living through it. And I think that's part of the process. Uh, it's got to get worse before it gets better. Cause I think more people need to wake up still. Um, so I still think here, at least in Canada, it's going to get a little bit worse. I hope it doesn't, but I think it will. Um, I don't know if it's going to get Australia worse or Austria worse or whatever. Uh, but it could be, it could, um, I don't know if a utopia exists. I don't think we're ever going to be able to live in that, um, you know, Federation of Planets, uh, Star Trek, uh, utopian world um, where there's no money. And, you know, like I, I, uh, I don't know if we need to. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think there's so much that we can change. And I think that if a lot of the corrupt people who do run the the world so to speak if a lot of them are taken out or replaced by more legitimate people i think we could see within a few generations um a real change a real you know move towards a way more enlightened and peaceful existence but i think by just the nature of of our of our being alone there's always going to be conflicts there's always going to be um things here and there i i just would hope that they are uh, a lot more minimal you know and not uh manufactured events to manipulate and steer populations right so right um i i can't see a perfect utopia i don't think one exists with human nature i don't think it was ever meant i don't to. i don't think so either i think that goes back to you know when we die we go to the kingdom right <laughs> that's right yeah. we're here to make mistakes we're here to to learn and you know maybe to be the best we possibly can and, and find that aspect within us and and um we all have different paths and ways of 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 doing that and for some it's freemasonry it was for me it definitely helped me on my on my spiritual path and to help me navigate through life and so many things but you don't need it no one needs it no one needs to join a lodge and become a mason all the, uh, the interesting ideas that are, are contained in, in the layers of symbolism and is, is there for anyone to, to kind of discover and enrich themselves with on their own. 
Um, some of us have just chosen to do it in the context of the fraternity, despite its flaws and and the real conspiracies that do happen, which maybe that should be the next show, <laughs> the next uh, thing we do. Part where three. We can, yeah, try to, you know, talk about some of the, you know, how free, how, how conspiracies can happen and how they have in the past, because they certainly have and they still do. Uh, but that's just, that that's always going to be a, um, uh, something that's subject to human nature, right? Unfortunately, any group, there's always going to be politics and people are always going to, you know, strive to have some certain sense of temporal power and misuse institutions and organizations to further their, um, their personal nefarious goals or whatever. And they're going to gravitate towards other people like that too. Benevolent Um, or malevolent. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, all it takes is two people to make a conspiracy. That's all it is, right? And, I, and like, oh, man. it's conspiracy. One of the, the conspiracy words. theory yeah. is so fucking demonized, and I hate yeah. it so much, man. I like all to it takes conspiracy realist. Yes, and shout out to Ryan Dean uh, of the Dangerous World podcast. I highly recommend everybody listen to him. Um, but yeah, he has a T-shirt where it says conspiracy theorist and theorist is crossed out and it says realist. Yeah. Cause that's what yeah, it is. The, the coolest thing I think um, in my experience was, you know, going through what I've, I've gone through and becoming a Mason and even getting into occult um, knowledge and occult science and, and practicing my own rituals and diving into the Crowley, the Crowleyan esque uh, Golden Dawn stuff and OTO stuff and AA stuff um, and coming out of it now with even more an appreciation more of an appreciation for a Christian perspective funny enough um, and not because I'm going to reject or, or, or say that well all that stuff was, was evil or whatever um, but it definitely comes with consequences <laughs> and like anything but I, I do think that I'm at a point in my life and a point of maybe in society in general, where we need to kind of move away from the uh, hedonistic aspects um, and move towards a more traditional values. And, um, and I'm not going to tell anyone how to live their lives or become born again or, or, or follow any particular religion. But I know with myself lately, I'm definitely have been looking at the Bible a little bit more or, looking at more of a, a Christ consciousness type perspective I an mean, esoteric, I guess, Gnostic uh, Christian type perspective where it does integrate some of the um, occult knowledge. Um, yeah. I mean, the like, underlying basis for all religions, really, if you really yeah, break it for down. Sh- for sure. Dude, wrong I, mean, with it. I mean, you could take, for me, it was like the Bible. I clung to it for a while. And then I like, I got out of it because I was, like I said, mentioned earlier, I was becoming too dogmatic and too right. <clears throat> judgmental of my fellow human beings. And then I got out of it and I started realizing, you know what, I could just take the good out of it and go, you know what I mean? And then apply it to my life. And it's the same with you. Like, <clears throat> excuse me, but you could take all the shit that Crowley did, whether he was a good human being or he's the beast, quote unquote, you could take the good aspects that he was uh, uh, involved with and then apply it to your life as well. You know That's what I right. mean? Like That's right. And, and funny yeah. enough, like when you read Crowley, 
when you read his work, it, it's a very different perspective than, and sometimes you read it, it's like, my God, man, like this guy had his shit together, at least in his writings and these great ideas. And, and he preached, um, you know, responsibility and, and then, then he'd go out and he'd live uh, the way he lived. And, and, and at times, you know, it wasn't <laughs> the best uh, example of what anyone should do. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he did definitely um, in his later years, you know, grow to resent a lot of um, his decisions and things he's, he's done in his life. But sure. A um, lot of people take uh, the evil that they've done in their life. And um, uh, when they're in their deathbed, they, they regret it, you know, that's right. Or they use that to kind of fuel a more positive, um, you know, output. But everybody has their demons they fight, and nobody nobody likes it. You know what I mean? Like, no. you probably do in your daily waking life. You probably do have a friend in your demon, but you definitely know that it's it's not right. You know, so you got to try and uh, overcome that and do the best that you can. And uh, yeah, man, uh, yeah, dude, I, I I really appreciate you coming back on. Um, probably gonna have you again. You know. So, yeah, one day uh, we should do a really, really structured. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not really a structured I, It's not guy. your style. I know <laughs> it's not your style. Listen, I know it's not your style. However, however, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a Freemasonry, man. We can pick another subject. It doesn't matter. Sure. I think that uh, under uh, there are positives to having more of a structured um, set of, of topics and, and – uh, even for me too, because man, like we both go on tangents. I'm really bad for that, and I, I'm I, bad too. At times, I really yeah. hope for the listeners, you know, <laughs> to get a little bit more of a something that they could walk away with, with more, with more information in a, a bit more organized fashion, you know. And I think also you could probably get a lot more information down, uh, relevant information on point that way. But listen, that doesn't mean these aren't fun. I love these conversations. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, I'm always willing to have, you know, more and more. Uh, but at some point, I think that um, I would love to to have a more structured one, maybe with more question-based or something like that. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll figure something out. There's, there's, you know. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm willing to ask the, the audience. I'm willing to ask the audience right now. What questions do you have? Like, please send yeah. them my way, send them Stefano's way. And <clears throat> excuse me on that point, um, plug your uh, social media so they can ask you questions and shit and you can take notes and uh, we, we can provide the uh, audience with uh, those answers. Yeah, I mean, uh, for my social media, really, I mean, I've got my Instagram, which you um, you put out there, um, Zero Day Patriot 17, and, but it's uh, Z-E-R, I think, zero, <laughs> instead of an O, underscore Patriot, I believe the A is a four, and then underscore 17, I got to go back, I don't even know. You know what? I don't. It, it, really it, 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 doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. Gonna, no, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. I'm They're not gonna really know. Just, I'm yeah. gonna plug it in the show notes anyway. So yeah, it's all good. If you notice, I mean, I I post what I post. I don't really add add hashtags or really try to get my stuff out into some sort of 
you know, um, main circulation of social media. I really don't care. You know, you can always find me on Facebook if you want to talk to me personally, Stefano S. Emilio. Um, also uh, listen to uh, Order Up KO by... Uh, the, the Android meme. Exactly. It's a fucking yeah. killer album. It's a great album, and uh, I really uh, am looking forward to putting out some new music finally. And um, Oh, by the know, way, my last episode, I think I told you I had to take out your song. Because yeah. uh, they were giving me grief about it, so I couldn't really keep it in. Which rotation. song was it originally? Was it Esoterica? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay, and um, that's kind of funny. Now, who who gave you shit? Was it was it uh, Instagram? It was, it was Spotify. Oh, Spotify. Yeah, and no, it's like, dude, like. I already put the the fact that I own rights to my content <laughs> and like you gave me permission. So it's like, why are you not letting me put it out? Right? In all fairness, um, that song and anything off of Ordo Abkeo is um, controlled by Pelican publishing through right. Magna Carta records. So Unfortunately, that was part of the record deal that, you know, um, we were supposed to get 75% of our publishing, but I don't know. Somehow, I'm, I'm still waiting for an audit. I'm still waiting for even uh, one report as to how many CDs we didn't or did sell or or anything. Magna Carta was pretty derelict in their duties as a label, um, <laughs> which is why Whatever. we're totally independent now. Yeah, so that's why. You know what? Yeah, dude. If, we'll um, get it out there. We'll get it out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks, man. Thanks for this. This was great. Yeah, man. Uh, you're fucking awesome. And uh, I can't wait till the next time. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. Cool, man. Peace out. Have a good night. You too. Good night. Goodbye. Okay, Thank you guys for tuning in once again to the Red Pill Cartel. I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, Stefano is a fucking great guy. Uh, not all Freemasons are evil, you know what I mean? So, I hope you got that. I hope you took that away with this one. So, we're, I'm probably going to get him back on for another part because uh, we uh, we just click so well. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to give another big shout out to uh, the final phone booth. Uh, my friend, my good friend Brad who provided me with the new intro and the outro music for the show. I uh, really hope you guys enjoy it because I really like it. Uh, yeah, I put him up to the task and he, he delivered. So you guys follow him. I'm going to provide all this shit in the show notes. So yeah. And also uh, the, the, the logo who was designed by toxic radio podcast, my good friend, Alan C. Rand. Uh, I'm going to name Nigel because Shayla, my good friend Shayla, uh, who was on the show, um, she suggested that. And yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to we're going to be making some plans for Nigel here. So if you want to go to my Patreon portion of the show, I will be posting some rants soon. So if you subscribe to the five dollar tier, I'm sorry, Shayla. But if you subscribe to the $5 show uh, tier, you're going to get some rants from me. And uh, 
yeah, you'll get a you'll get some bonuses if you give me uh, if you give Nigel uh, five bucks a month, and uh, yeah, you're gonna get some uh, some bonus content there. So uh, I hope you guys uh, consider doing that. Uh, it's gonna provide me with uh, some more um, uh, incentive to. No, it's going to provide you with some incentive to give to me uh, or Nigel uh, to either, you know, you know, get some more equipment for the show, get some better production. Uh, just motivate me more, guys. That's, that's, that's all I'm asking, you know. So uh, thank, thank you guys so much. I love all of you and you guys are amazing. And uh, in, until next time, peace out.